We're going to start off February with the latest in Jeep news, give you an update on the state of the show, and I'll be talking about steering upgrades in Wrangler Talk. Nate pops in to continue with another Axle installment in our Extreme Wrangler segment and talks about the not-so-extreme Dana 35. We also have some great reviews to share. We've got a jam-packed show this week. We'll be talking about specific steering components on the Wranglers, answer your tech questions from your voicemails, and dive deep into the dreaded Wrangler tailgate sag and how to fix it. We've got all that and more on episode 266 of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? (laughs) It's the Jeep Talk Show. Smart ass. With a Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And First week in G. Hey Jeepers, before we get going, I just wanted to give you guys a quick State of the Union sort of update about where the Jeep Talk Show is at and where we're going. 2016 was our best year yet, and each and every one of you guys out there contributed to that, so pat yourself on the back. We had some big milestones, too. Got accepted into the iHeartRadio lineup. We became part of the 20% of all podcasts in the world. We got to know Nikki G a little too well, and we saw exponential growth. (laughs) We can't ignore a never-before-seen amount of involvement from you, our listeners. And it's to those of you that listen to the Jeep Talk Show each and every week, and all you new people as well, that we have to give a very big thanks to. JTS continues to grow its audience, hitting nearly 30,000 downloads just last month alone. I know I speak for both my co-hosts when I say we are just blown away at your guys' support. Well, except for maybe Tammy. She's been bitching pretty much nonstop that we have so few downloads, and she's constantly boasting about her 5 million views on Google+. Uh, um, excuse me? That's 8 million. Oh, boy. Yeah, who's counting? For 2017, we're going to bring you more interviews, new and interesting segments, and do our best to inform and entertain you along the way. Thanks again, Jeepers, for a great 2016, an amazing start to this year. All right, let's start the show. Well, 2017 Ram and Jeep diesels should be certified by the EPA shortly. That's what the story is anyways. We've been reporting on the Volkswagen-like diesel scandal Fiat Chrysler is facing currently, and they may have a plan to address EPA complaints regarding software in its 3-liter EcoDiesel V6. The EPA announced earlier this month that Fiat Chrysler Automobiles had failed to disclose eight separate software routines that affect the engine's emissions, each of which is a violation of the Clean Air Act. However, the agency has not thus far declared any of the eight undisclosed auxiliary emission control devices, or AECDs, to be illegal defeat devices. But it is still investigating the devices nonetheless. Installed in roughly 100,000 Ram 1500 EcoDiesel full-size pickup trucks, and Jeep Grand Cherokee EcoDiesel SUVs for model years 2014 through 2016. That's a lot of vehicles. FCA is in pretty intense discussions with both the EPA and the California Air Resources Board, or California Air Resources Board, rather, or CARB, over the EPA allegations. Now, the talks are allegedly progressing quite well, and FCA expects to have its EcoDiesel vehicles certified for the 2017 model year relatively quickly, as so they say. As for vehicles already on the road, FCA could simply reflash their engine control units to bring the software into compliance. FCA CEO Sergio Marchione has denied that any illegal software is present in these vehicles and added that, quote, anyone drawing a comparison between the complaint against FCA and the Volkswagen diesel scandal is smoking some illegal materials. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. So yep. are any of you out there worried that the return to the Ford Bronco with solid axles is going to give the Wrangler a run for its money? Not me yeah. either. 
Okay, moving on. <laughs> Small town America sometimes give us some real gems. For any of you living in cities like L.A., Chicago, New York, Detroit, well, the subtle nuances of everyday life in smaller, more rural towns may escape you or outright tickle your funny bone. You just never know what you're going to see. Wayland, Michigan resident Kim McDowell proved that in a video posted to her Facebook page on Tuesday, January 31st. The video, which has since gone quite viral, shows a baby cow riding in the back of a Jeep TJ traveling down a road in Wayland. I was just running errands yesterday afternoon around Wayland, McDowell said, when the animal in the back of the Jeep caught her eye. I thought it was a Great Dane, she said. It was so big and it was colored like a Great Dane. I thought, wow, that's a really big dog. It's unclear exactly where the cow was heading, where it came from, or just how the hell it got in the Jeep to begin with, but McDowell speculated it could be heading to the local livestock sale, something that a lot of us may never experience, but is commonplace in little towns like Wayland. Now, the video has been viewed more than a quarter million times and shared by more than almost 4,000 people. McDowell posted the video on Facebook for friends to enjoy, and she shared it with the local, town, uh, local town's news station, emphasizing that she was not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or make, make fun of anybody or being negative about real life. I just thought it was funny, McDowell said, and I thought so too. Big thanks to all of you guys out there who help us out by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you've got something you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, well, make sure to let us know by sending an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. So I, I just saw that video just like yeah. five minutes before the show. Oh, the did you? I think I, saw wow. it, I think I saw it yesterday and I was showing my wife. I didn't tell her ahead of time. Uh, what it was uh, in the I thought that was hilarious. Did you did you guys notice in the 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 back of the Jeep between the cargo area and uh, the front? You know where people sit in the front. There was a, mm -hmm. a mesh like a, a wire mesh. Oh, I didn't catch that. In a the video. separator. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah you can well, see it like almost as if they've done this before. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. This is something that they do commonly, and it it, it just shows you that you could do pretty much anything in a Jeep. Pretty much anything in a Jeep, right? Yeah, and, and several things illegally. Um, <laughs> Did that cow have a seatbelt? <laughs> yeah. What's how does the joke go? Uh, you can't carry a cow in your Jeep uh, in Arkansas. It's illegal. <laughs> There's probably some old law from 1879 or something like that. You know, somewhere. I thought it was cool though that it was in a Jeep and especially a Wrangler. Uh, I think it looked like yeah. a, looked like a TJ. So yeah. It I mean, you expect small. something like that, an old Comanche or something like that, still being used as a farm truck. But man, not a TJ. Yeah. Uh, no lift, just a, your basic yeah, stock. stock hard top I, I just wonder how she got it in the. That's what I'm saying, because that thing can't weigh less than a couple no. hundred pounds at least. Yeah, and it would look like it was enjoying itself. Yeah, I thought it was a big oh, dog yeah. at first too. Too funny. Yeah, it was. It's a that was a good one. I was surprised that you pulled that one up. That was uh, a kawinky dinky. I, I was surprised you saw that one actually, because it was big on Facebook, and I know you're not. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, it, well, just to go to show how, just how viral it really went, I mean, it goes outside of social media and, and finds its way even to uh, the annals of where I'm looking. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one alone. And hey, Jeepers, if you're looking for more Jeep Talk Show, then tune in every Tuesday for the live call-in show. Tony and Tammy take your calls live on the air. Have guests, and we'll give you that extra Jeep fix you need to carry you through the week. Want to join in on the fun? Well, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com for the show times and phone numbers. And don't worry about missing the show when you call in. We've got it set up so the show streams to you live during the call. It just couldn't be any easier. The Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob from Antonio, Texas. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey, guys. This is Ron out in Arizona. 
Hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason Oregon Trail Off Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, <laughs> PAG Freak. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Sexy, Jake Collin. This is John, Brain Runner in 1982, and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, an anal probe restraint system. No! No, 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 that's not right. We love our listeners. So, uh, if you guys have been following along, uh, Extreme Wrangler Nate has been giving us uh, some information about axles, and we're going to bring you uh, the third installment uh, tonight with uh, the, uh, the best ever axle ever made if you like making fun of axles <laughs> i'll let uh, nate tell you all about it hey jeepers it's nate with another edition of wrangler extreme tonight i'm going to talk about the axle that everybody loves to hate the dana 35c so in this installment of my axle series i'm going to cover the same points that i've been trying to cover with all the other axles even though some of them May not, may not apply to the Dana 35C, like strengths. I tried really hard to think up strengths for this axle. The only one that I could come up with is that it's really easy to remove an axle shaft. Just break one on the trail, and it'll walk itself right out, which works into one of the weaknesses, the C-clips on the axles. So any good axles will have some means of holding the shafts, the shafts in from the outside of the the housing. Uh, in the case of a C-clipped axle, the only thing holding that shaft in place is a little C-clip on the inside of the carrier, which is on the end of the axle shaft. If something happens to that C-clip, or if the shaft breaks, the shaft just walks itself right out of the end of the axle tube, and that leads to some very creative trail fixes. So the Dana 35C is a relatively light axle, weighing in at around 175 pounds. Uh, it's also a very common axle, so you can find this all day long in the junkyards for when you do dis- do manage to destroy these things. They have a relatively weak housing. The axle shafts are only 27 spline. They came in just about anything that bears a Wrangler name. The YJ, the TJ, uh, even some early JKs, though, from what I'm reading, they weren't C-clipped Dana 35s. They were the full 35, not the 35C. Uh, some Jeep Liberties, the, the original KJ, came with uh, the Dana 35C in the rear. Um, and even some XJs, from what I'm reading. Maybe Tony and Josh can clear up on that a little bit. Uh, are they worth upgrading? <sighs> I'm going to be really hard-pressed to say yes in this case. Uh, If you're on a real tight budget, you can find a lot of aftermarket mods for these things, but it just feels like a waste of money because it's such a weak housing and such weak shafts that you're going to end up pouring a ton of money into this thing when there's so much better options out there. Uh, you can get a Ford 8.8 to replace these things. You could get a Dana 44 out of either a TJ or even in some cases an XJ, although the, the model years are very limited, uh, and just flat out replace the 35 with something that's so much stronger. Uh, and max tire size is something I've been trying to cover for each of these things. I would say a 33. Uh, I ran a 33 on a Dana 35 with no issues, but I'm pretty light on the gas pedal. I know a guy that snapped a Dana 35C on the street doing a burnout. So um, upgrade these things at your own risk. All right, that's it for tonight. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, catch up on the Jeep Talk forums if uh, if you have any questions about this axle or if you think I got anything wrong. Thanks. Have a great night.
So last week, you guys might uh, have recalled uh, the the inquisitive looks on Josh and and my face when uh, <laughs> when Nate was talking about the uh, twenty nine spline counts on the Dana thirties. So uh, Nate did a little looking up, and he wanted to make a correction. He emailed us. He says, "Hey guys, I wanted to submit a correction on my uh, Dana thirty talk segment." Uh, the night I was recording this, I swear I found a Wikipedia entry. Well, that's the problem. Wikipedia uh-huh. <laughs> claiming nope. that there were, everything. in fact, 29 spline shafts in some Dana 30s. Frankly, I got I got excited. I thought that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I just looked up uh, again after listening to the show, and I'm finding lots of conflicting information. Seems like there uh, there are 29 spline applications, but not from the factory. So if you wanted to mention this on the next show, that'd be fine with me. I don't want to spread misinformation. We certainly don't, uh, Nate. We try really hard to uh, not do that. So we really appreciate the correction. So it was, uh, I think, uh, I remember, uh, I think this is right. There is a, uh, a spline, uh, an axle shaft that you can get with a 30-count spline. Yeah, but I believe it's just the outers. I don't know if that uh, if it goes into the inners or not. Uh, my understanding is, is that you can get an ARB locker that is 30 spline. So oh, I that's thought right. you can get an RD 130 spline. So I thought it was the splines that go into the, the differential itself. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Now, Cause I was actually you, thinking about doing that on mine. When you're saying outer. So the, uh, the, the Jeep knuckles on, on a solid axle, they have, they have a U joint out there and that en- enables you to have a solid axle with wheels that turn. And, right. and so you have a stub shaft that, that connects to the outside of the, uh, basically of, of the wheel that goes through the unit bearing or the wheel bearing mm-hmm. and, and connects into, um, uh, into that U-joint. And that enables the, the wheel to spin and turn and cycle through the suspension all at the same time. You know what? I never did look up to see what the, uh, the outer spline count was. I didn't even think about that. That would be uh, pretty important too. Uh, there'd be a lot, uh, probably more torque, torque on that uh, where that meshes in with the uh, wheel bearing assembly. Uh, right I, there I've the seen wheel. more outer shaft breakage than I have seen inner shaft breakage. Unless it's a Dana uh, thirty five. Typically, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> typically, it's uh, it happens on the ears too more than the actual shaft itself. So yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Josh is waiting for you to go and the thigh bones connected to the hip. Bone. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a good one though. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. And the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 Podcast, the Center Steer Podcast, and the Trail Chasers Podcast. Great group of uh, podcasts, great group of guys. Shut up and listen. <laughs> So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G Mama. So part two, now that you've lifted your Jeep and added some bigger tires, what's next for your Wrangler? Last week, we talked about sway bar disconnects and the steering stabilizer relocation bracket. And you can check that out. That discussion on episode 265 of the Jeep Talk Show, available now for download. This week, we're going to delve into the Wrangler's steering components. Um, Just today, I was reading an article in an off-roading magazine. It was talking about the weak points of the Wrangler. Now, if you've lifted your Wrangler for off-roading and are still using the Dana 30, you might consider upgrading the factory ball joints. They are known as a weak point on the Wrangler. 
The plastic liners used in them can disintegrate and cause sloppy steering and even that dreaded death wobble. And this past fall, or actually a couple falls ago in 2014, I was contacted by this company, SteerSmarts, to test out their new product, the Steering Attenuator, which now they call the Griffin. It is designed to help reduce harsh road feedback you feel in your steering wheel while driving the Jeep Wrangler, especially at those higher speeds on the highway. The company also stated it was supposed to make driving your Jeep safer and to give the peace of mind to the driver. For me, it did just that. I love my Griffin, and it makes driving on the interstate so much more relaxing. It reduces that jittery, harsh steering wheel feedback inherent in the stock JK steering systems. The Griffin HD attenuator is a highly engineered direct swap out for your drag link adjusting sleeve. Now, I do want to upgrade my steering components. However, I don't want to lose the Griffin. The company SteerSmarts does have some heavy-duty steering parts called the Yeti. And just recently, you can now get the Griffin and the Yeti together, which is very exciting for me. Back in the fall of 2015, we here on the Jeep Talk Show interviewed the owner of SteerSmarts, Ron North, about their new steering products. And you can find that interview on the Jeep Talk Show's YouTube channel. Just Google SteerSmarts and YouTube and Jeep Talk Show. Anyway, SteerSmarts has come out with the Yeti Series Extreme Steering Linkage, the Yeti XD and HD Series Linkage for your Jeep Wrangler. Now, I would love to try out one of these as it looks like they are compatible with the Griffin. However, there are so many parts, I'm just not sure where to start. So, Tony and Josh, I have a bunch of questions for you and everyone else out there listening. Um, How will upgrading steering components benefit me while off-roading and will they and what are the benefits in my daily driving if i upgrade my steering components now i i I was saying this before we started the show that i personally don't think it's going to do anything for you off-road um and uh hopefully josh is going to disagree with me and tell me why (laughs) (laughs) um but uh, i mean other than hydro assist i don't think anything would would be uh, beneficial off-road now on-road, especially based on what CPO had to say about the Yeti, uh, which there, it's another video that uh, is up on our YouTube that you can uh, look at. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. They made uh, the, the Griffin and the Yeti both are just beautiful. But uh, I can see that it would be very uh, advantageous uh, for on-road use. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I'm, and le- I think the overwhelming you know, aspect of all this is going to be longevity. True. Uh, and, and the aftermarket stuff, nine times out of 10 is going to last a lot longer than, than the OEM stuff, especially as you start upgrading more and more and, of course, wheeling it more and more, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you know, how will upgrading your steering components benefit you off-road? Well, strength is going to be by far, I think, top of the list. Just plain and simply, just about everything that you can buy to upgrade your steering components aftermarket are going to be stronger than stock. So you can essentially start checking off, well, I you know, can all but eliminate, you know, some da- steering uh, component damage while on the trail if I have, you know, these upgraded beefier components. Now, that's not to say that, you know, that's it's going to make you damage proof. Of course, there's nothing <laughs> that will do that um, other than wrapping your whole Jeep in bubble wrap. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but you know, uh, can it improve your off-road ability? Well, 
Yes and no. Obviously, you're going to be limited no matter what by the vehicle's capabilities and your own driving capabilities. But I can say that there are certain steering kits that are out there just by switching them over from stock to them can give you superior articulation over stock. Now, is it a night and day difference? I'm not going to say yes or no. I will say that it is going to be a marked difference than having stock. Now, we can take this to another level even and stepping up into some custom fabrication type of stuff. When you go, go from like an inverted T to an or inverted Y to an inverted T setup, you're going to eliminate a lot of the binding that's inherent in that kind of a system. And so you're going to be able to flex more without all, that, all the string components binding up on you when you're in deep articulation. Um, so there, there is some benefits to it. And, and of course, I mean, like I said, the strength being the overwhelming uh, aspect of all this that's going to be the most improvement. I think for me right now with my level of off-roading, I think for me strength would be my number one reason to do it. Yes. Because um, I'm Absolutely. not getting in the, into those you know, extreme rocks yet. Well, yeah. not only that, and I, I'm going to tread lightly here a little bit, but people who don't have a whole lot of seat time, and I'm, I'm not saying this in a negative connotation, but you, you don't have the experience to keep yourself out of trouble. Now, there's a certain aspect of, well, you're not going to get yourself into trouble because you're a little bit scared of, of damaging your vehicle, and there's mm -hmm. definitely that in play as well. But it's not to say that, you know, anybody who, who hasn't had, you know, 10,000 seat hours doesn't know the first thing about wheeling and shouldn't go out on the trail. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is, is that, you know, with a lot of experience comes a lot more confidence, and with that, you're going to find yourself into a little bit more of, you know, the more difficult trails or some of those pucker factors that you otherwise wouldn't find yourself. In. Oh, I totally agree with that because I'm a big chicken because I'm still paying off my Jeep. And, <laughs> I think, I think, I think you speak yeah. for a lot of people there. Yep. Um, so my other question is, I know in the video CPO um, I did with him and that's on our YouTube channel, he was talking about the top mount versus the bottom mount drag links. Now does does that help with clearance or are there other reasons why you would want to do one versus the other? Well, the, the drag link is, is what attaches from your, your, um, from your pitman arm on the steering box to, you know, part of the steering component, which is actually going to steer the, you know, it's going to turn the one of the steering wheels. It either goes mm -hmm. to the track bar. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. It goes to the track bar or it goes to the, I'm sorry, it goes to the tie rod or mm -hmm. it goes to the knuckle. And, um, uh, with that, you know, we're talking about top mount or bottom mount. We're going to get into over the knuckle or under the knuckle, or we're talking over the axle or under the axle. And a lot of this is going to be custom fabrication. And a lot of it's going to be adding clearance and reducing binding. And with all of that comes better articulation. And typically you're going to be dealing with, with bigger components as well. So with that's going to come strength. Now, we're getting into stuff where we're starting to change steering geometry. And, and you start opening up a little bit of Pandora's box with this because if you don't dot all your I's and cross all your T's from the beginning, you can start introducing things that can be perilous, especially on the freeway. Right. Things like death wobble and poor alignment and, and quicker wear of components and stuff like that. And it's just something you don't want to mess around with unless you really have a good plan of what you're going to be doing and a fairly decent understanding of why it is, you know, what's going to happen mm -hmm. as you do things. It's almost like uh, taking a, a vehicle and uh, stripping it and outfitting it for racing. At some point, you get to where it's not very good on the street. 
it's very good at the track. And when you start making modifications to your Jeep, you can go there uh, as well. Like, oh, it'll be wonderful off-road at slow, you know, under 20 miles right. an hour. But on the highway, especially if you do over the knuckle, I know there's a, been a, a big issue with uh, tie rod roll. <laughs> and that leaves a nice big dead spot uh, yes. in the steering wheel. And if you're driving down the road at 70 miles an hour and you've got a dead spot, well, now it's it's like being a, a jet pilot. You have to decide where, where you're going to be going before you get there. <laughs> Five true. minutes before you get there. <laughs> so, the, and the, the, Josh, the only advantage to uh, over-the-knuckle setup that I'm aware of is clearance. Uh, in the, oh, yeah, in the situation by, by like Tammy that was uh, where she damaged her uh, the, the uh, shock dampener, it would actually raise it up higher if there was even one there. Because I know in many of the over-the-knuckle uh, situations, the dampener is just gone. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, just for instance, mine, uh, I'm running a one-ton over-the-knuckle system, and I don't have a string stabilizer on mine. And yes, I do have tie rod roll. I, I, am, I do have some, some things in there that mitigate that to a certain extent. But, um, but yes, there is a bit of a dead spot. It's just mm -hmm. one of those things that where if you, you, you start making certain upgrades to, to really put yourself into a certain category, but along those lines, you are making sacrifices along the way. So, you know, mine, I'm stepping up from, you know, quarter ton components to one ton components and I'm gaining a lot of clearance, but I have sacrificed for that strength and for that ground clearance, some drivability on the freeway. Now, this right. isn't a daily driver, so it's not a big deal to me. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's just one of those things to where if you just start doing stuff to do stuff and you start changing your steering geometry, you're going to start, you know, affecting things that you may or may not be wanting to do to affect. I'm just going to tell you that a Jeep forum and a, uh, a big tax refund is, is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, you, it's you wanna, like, I, go, I want to do this. I want to put this right. on there. I want to buy this. I can afford it. I want to do it. And then you get it and you go, oh, man, oh. this sucks. It right. It's wonderful off-road, and they don't tell you that. Oh, yeah, I do that. And I, I drive without brakes and steering wheel all the time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know? I, think, I think for me right now is just clearance and strength. Well, yeah, the strength is a, is a big thing. That's not something right. I considered with uh, the Griffin stuff, so I'm glad Josh pointed that out. Well, folks, anything you would like to add on any of this stuff, drag links, tie rods, linkage, track bars, any of that stuff, please, we would love to hear from you. And there's tons of ways you can do that. You can email us at info at jeeptalkshow.com. You can leave us a voicemail on our Jeep Talk Show website. Go over to jeeptalkshow.com. And on the right-hand side of the screen, there's a little button you can click. It's super easy to leave us a message. Or you can go over to our mobile-friendly site, jeeptalkform.com. It's our new mobile-friendly form that we created just for you. It isn't your typical form. There's no flaming or telling you to go to Google to do your search. And there are no dumb questions. You can even find out more about all the stories we talk about and information we share with you here on the Jeep Talk Show. That's jeeptalkform.com. We hope to see you there. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. 
Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? We'd like to know. Just give us a call at 530-675-4102 and let us know where you are and what you're doing when you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Ooh, that can get taboo. <laughs> Speaking of uh, fun things to hear about, uh, reviews. Again, we always like hearing from you guys, no matter what, if it's good news or bad news, love hearing from you guys. Love the interaction with the voicemails. Uh, like We would like to know where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at. And, of course, reviews. Indeed. Now we got one here. Well, yeah, of course, anywhere you can find us on the web, you can probably find a way <laughs> to leave us a review. You can do it on Facebook and leave us a comment on our YouTube channel. And of course, you can go to iTunes or TuneIn.com, any of those places to give us a five-star review and leave a comment. Now, Dustin Higgin, I believe, uh, H Higden, Higden, there we go, uh, left us a, uh, a review on Facebook uh, yesterday. He said, just discovered you guys around Thanksgiving and I'm hooked. I live in Kentucky and just took a trip to Georgia shortly after uh, sh shortly after, and listened to you guys most of the way there and back. Six hours each way. You guys are great. Keep it up. Here's my red XJ. I just finished putting factory LJ Ooh. fenders on. What do you guys think? <laughs> it was a ton of work, and I'd be happy to share the process if any was interested. All I lack is putting the rear door trim and rear bumper corners back on and reattaching the fender wheels, which also had to be modified. Way more clearance. I have some 285.75s about to go under it soon, which should fit nicely. Keep on jeeping. And Dustin, you too, buddy. It's so much fun listening to modifications that are happening to a Jeep that, that you're not paying for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely get into it. So we got another one here from Adam Rush, uh, and it says, listen to uh, shows, <laughs> excuse me, listen to the show lots. One kind of critique recommendation, maybe uh, get a CJ segment a YJ segment and a TJ segment and Jeep mama could do the JK segment. You know, I made the comment to uh, both uh, Josh and Tammy today that there's a, a new model of Wrangler coming out in 2018 and Tammy needs to buy that one. So she can, do oh, this, yeah. so she can do as a segment there, but you have to keep the old one too, Tammy. Uh, so, and uh, maybe as fun as running a segment could be, uh, get your diehard technical friends to give uh, Jeep mama a question for the week. And uh, next week she could answer it. Like uh, say could start with, uh, Jeep Mama, I recently added larger tires on my Jeep. Now when I turn full lock, the tires rub and catch. How would you fix this? You don't turn it that far. Uh, mm -hmm. Then next week, she could answer how to fix it. Or Jeep Mama, my O2 Wrangler check engine light has come on, and is there any way, any way to tell why? Lots of good suggestions here, and we certainly appreciate the, uh, the uh, information, the suggestions for the show. Um, and then I had a little comment on my Google Plus page where I got oh, always about the million views. <laughs> How do you have time to read those eight million comments? Well, they're views, so they're not. They may be clicks, like they may like my picture or my comment, or they just go and you know creep on my page. I guess I don't know. <laughs> that uh, anyway, creepy. Um, Diesel twelve valve. He says I'm digging the podcast show too. Just subscribed on YouTube. Usually watch after work since I work thirds. Hint. Um, I'm not sure I get that. But anyway, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah, I think he's, work he's working the, the third shift. He's working that graveyard shift. And uh, yeah, sometimes it gets a little boring, gets a little lonely. And uh, 
Well, ah. uh, Diesel Twelve Five, glad uh, we you you brought us along, anyways. I bet you uh, a lot of uh, third third shift work allows you time to listen to stuff where you wouldn't have You'd to think so, right? You know, yeah. where you're not uh, talking to the boss or he's crawling up your ass about something else. You know, it's like <laughs> you can leave the little thing in your ear and keep listening. I've been looking for a uh, Bluetooth, uh, um, a little uh, receiver, if you will, with something you can stick in your ear that doesn't have a wire on it. So I can listen to the the podcast during the day. I oh, love. Sure. Actually, to the I actually just saw some uh, Bluetooth uh, earbuds on uh, on Groupon here today. But not not buds, just one. Oh, you know where it's just kind of in well, one. Well, I guess ear. you could. I guess you could leave one on the desk or at home or something. Yeah, no, they do make singles. But uh, anyway, I haven't found one with a good enough review to actually purchase yet. But uh, we uh, speaking of reviews, we always appreciate the reviews. Uh, we oh, don't yeah. care how many stars it is. We want to hear from you. If you don't like something about the show. Please let us know, and we love hearing uh, how how well you like the show. Uh, it means a lot to us because uh, indeed we uh, we do this every week, and it's great to hear from you folks, especially uh, that you like it. So, you got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good because I can. It's tech talk with Jeep Talk. And we're going to talk about the TJ tailgate sag, a.k.a. too much junk behind the trunk. <laughs> now the, the first Wrangler was introduced amid tighter cafe regulations, tighter emissions laws, a fear of the new computer-controlled engines, and a recent winch hunt, which, winch, yeah, winch hunt, witch hunt that all but killed the CJ5. It was a Jeep of many compromises to many groups, and some will argue that it, well, it met none of the pundits' demands all that well. What are we talking about? None other, none other than our beloved square headlight Wrangler YJ. It didn't take long, though, for even the diehard enthusiasts to come around, and now we see how much of an improvement the Wrangler was over the CJ that preceded it. Now, with a better frame, a galvanized body, wider and longer springs, the big picture was really nice. After a few rough years, the YJ really hit its stride, and the Wrangler ran with the same basic powertrain for many, many years. Then the TJ popped up and utterly eclipsed the YJ. Even though there was countless changes and even more upgrades in both design and capabilities, there was one common problem that plagues both models even today. What are we talking about? Well, the dreaded Wrangler tailgate sag. Dan Matney writes in and says, Hey gang, I have a 2000 TJ Sport, and I would like to hear you guys all address the problem of sagging tailgates caused by the spare tire. I have a factory wheel with the BF Goodrich AT on it, but I think that has caused it to sag. I've tried changing out the hinge pins, but I cannot get them out. Do you drill them? Do you drive them out? Or just replace the entire hinge itself? Your comments on this? Any advice will be greatly appreciated. Regards, Dan Matney. Well, Dan, thanks for writing in first and foremost. And, uh, well, let's go ahead and just dive into this. The factory hinges are prone to corroding, and well, they really never were meant to handle the weights of large off-road tires and the heavy steel rims, let alone the added stresses of taking all that mass off-road, all that bouncing around, etc. Well, typically larger off-road tires, and sometimes even the wheels, are wider than the OEM ones, putting a lot of strain in and not only on the hardware, but the hinges themselves. Typically, the tailgate sags, mainly because after years and years of adjustments, it gets to the point where you can't tighten the bolts on the hinges enough to compensate for the larger tires, due mainly to the fact that they are Torx-headed. Now, I've read threads online about people complaining, uh, completely stripping the heads out, thinking they could use an Allen wrench and learn the hard way the difference between a star <laughs> and an octagon. Sometimes it goes deeper than that, and the, whole, the heads remain fine, but the nut plate inside the tub gets stripped out. And let me tell you, the replacement repair for this is very difficult, so avoid that happening at all costs. The biggest thing that you can do if, if and when your tailgate starts to sag is just make some adjustments. Just adjust it back into place. 
Really easy to do, remove the plastic hinge covers, close the gate, and using wood shims, you can get these at Home Depot, you can make them your own, make them yourself, use cardboard, paper, fold it up, whatever it takes. Shim the gate so that the clearances are the same all the way around. You aren't getting the adjustments you need just by loosening the hinge to tub bolts. Try loosening the hinge to gate ones too. Once you get everything all loosened up, trust me, there is a lot of adjustability in, the, in those hinges. Now with the shims in place, things should stay aligned and not mess things up as you tighten everything up. Now, if you do need to modify, upgrade, or replace the factory mount without having to fork out the big bucks for a swing-out tire carrier rear bumper, well, then there are a ton of solutions, from extension brackets from Terraflex to relocation brackets from JKS. Smitty Built has a kit to put, it, uh, put your spare tire on the roof, if nothing else. But if hinge replacement is in order, then there are solutions. Kentrol. Stainless steel hinges are a good replacement. They won't corrode, and they have a good reputation as well. Undercover Fabworks sells an HD hinge kit for about 150 bucks. It looks quite stout. You can find offerings from Crown and Smitty Built for about half of that. Or if money is no object, check out greattops.com, spelled with the number 8, and their Exogate Tailgate HD kit for $399. I don't think I've seen anything else on the market that addresses tailgate reinforcement quite as well as these guys have. But hey, at that price, you're close to getting a tire carrier bumper anyways. And for all you JK owners out there who are running a 35-inch tire or bigger, well, you may not need adjustment if you're running the stock bumper and still having issues with closing your rear gate, as it's mostly just an interference issue. Spacing out the wheel from the mount at least three-eighths of an inch can remedy this. However, if over time you do notice some sag and it's not the rivets loosening up, it may be the, I'm sorry, it, it, and it may be the sag that's pinpointed to the hinges, well, then there are many solutions for you too. Smitty Built makes a retrofit kit not, that not only increases the strength of the factory tire carrier, but adds adjustability too. Off-camber fabrication makes a reinforcement kit for the JK tailgate that is quite complete. Or if you need the extreme, retrofit off-road has complete replacement hinges that are beyond heavy duty. Needless to say, if you have a tailgate, if you have tail that has more sag than the pants at a rap concert, well, don't give up. Oh, jeez. It, <laughs> it may just need a little hiking up and a quick tightening of the belt if you know what I'm saying. I hope this helped you out. And Dan, forget about those pins, man. You're going to have to replace the whole hinges or just go ahead and get into some adjustments. I hope this has been of some value to you too, or at least it gets you going in the right direction without breaking the bank. And hey, give us a call down the trail and let us know how things turned out for you, would you? And hey, Jeepers, let me know if you guys have a tech question you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show. Go to jeeptalkforum.com, even on your smartphone, or shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line, Tech Talk. I would so, uh, I would definitely recommend a replacement bumper with tire carrier. Um, I, I I would just disregard the the tailgate mounted tire altogether. Well, yeah, I, I mean, know if, if, on the JKs they say for the most part the stock um, system for the tailgate and the bumper it can hold a thirty five pretty pretty good, um, but anything um, bigger than that is you're going to have problems. But I have a friend who got some steel plates and somehow he got them inside the tailgate and he reinforced on his own um, oh, yeah. his tailgate. Sure, you can do it. You can do it your yeah. own, your own uh, self. And that can reinforce right. the mount itself. But, mm -hmm. you know, hundreds of opening and closings and, and bouncings on the trail and stuff may right. kind of start to stretch out those hinges a little bit or possibly even the latch mechanism itself. Now, mm -hmm. all of this has adjustability. Even the even the hook inside the door itself, or or the the striker um, on the on the Jeep tub. Now all this can be adjusted to you know make sure that the tape the, the gate closes all the way, closes tightly, doesn't rattle, or you, you know can kind of suck up some of that sag. 
But you know, if if things are have been adjusted as far as they're going to adjust, um, and and let's say that it's just been abused its entire life, I mean, you may have to replace the the whole thing. You know, I, that 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 would be a rather extreme case scenario. But you know, there's there are replacement hinges out there that are relatively inexpensive, and there are some decent you know tailgate mount spare tire um, systems out there that aren't going to break the bank and aren't going to break your Jeep either. As we all know, a spare tire you know carrier bumper. They're going to start around five or six hundred bucks. They can get very, very expensive. And well, if you're just starting out and you kind of don't have the Jeep budget for that kind of a build, well, you need to kind of make some make some things happen. Especially if you are planning on wheeling, you need to have a spare on the trail. You got to carry it somehow. You know, if you're going to be going off off road a lot, then that's going to put a lot more strain on that uh, on that mount. And that's one of the reasons why I recommend just getting a a rear bumper with a tire carrier. And also, it is too, the ultimate solution. He's right, guys. And also, too, uh, tow points. Uh, you're going to have tow points yeah. on that bumper, and you're going to need that for being off-road. Uh, and also, too, Tammy, I don't know uh, the thing you, you heard about the 35-inch tires, that it would accept a 35-inch tire without much trouble. You, you keep in mind, or my question would be, are they talking about on-road use or off-road use? Because no, on-road I, use, yeah, 35 probably is just fine. I mean, you're not putting right. a lot of stress on that on that mount. Off-road with the bouncing and the dropping and all the rest of that stuff. Yeah. Probably. So, yeah. So uh, anyway, keep that in mind, guys. And, uh, uh, you know, you can always get a welder and build your own bumper. Hey, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm still wanting to do that for the TJ. I'm not going to spend five or 600 bucks. I'll spend $1,100 learning how to do it. <laughs> yeah. And buying your welding machine. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the welding machine is just something uh, that's a very good thing to have. And welding is a very good thing to know. Well, let's get over to our voicemails. Hey, folks, we love hearing from all of you. So please be sure and call our voicemail at 530-675-4102. Or you can jump over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com. Leave us a message by clicking the leave voicemail button. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do. So at the beep, leave your message. Hey guys, it's Nate. I just want to call back uh, and uh, give you some responses to, to the uh, the chat about my friend with his Grand Cherokee and the water crossing problems. Uh, first of all, thanks a ton for how much you guys, uh, how in depth you covered uh, my my last voicemail. Um, I wanted to clarify a couple things. First of all, uh, there was a question about how deep the water was. The water itself, standing, was a little past the bottoms of his doors. So once he stopped and opened the door, water sort of poured in, but <laughs> yeah. Like it was about bumper height. If you were to look at the look at a Grand Cherokee, you know it wasn't it yeah. wasn't up to the intake. But when he entered the water, of course, that makes a, a nice wake of water. Um, he was sort of pushing the wake, which was not what we hoped he was going to do. What we sort of suggested he should do, uh, and that's what was was over the hood. So it wasn't necessarily over the hood, but he could see it, and I think that's what gave him the impression that it was deeper than it actually was. Right. Um, second of all. Um, I'm not sure if I was clear about exactly what happened to his motor. Uh, we didn't just suspect that there was a rod problem or that there was a crack, you know, a bearing that came apart. It actually exited either the side of the oh, motor man. through the block or through the oil pan. I forget at this point because it was a little while ago. But uh, it definitely was a catastrophic thing, oil all over the place. It was pretty terrible. So, uh, again, thanks for covering it. Um, I just want to clarify those things. If that changes any of your responses at all, then uh, then great. Um, oh, also one other thing, uh, the, the segment on the Dana 30, um, I mentioned the spline counts 27 and 29, 
I did some follow-up research after the after hearing your discussion on the show, and I think you're right. I think the information about 29 swine was actually wrong. Um, I swear when I did the recording that I found information that said there was a stock 29 spline Dana 30, but looking uh, looking it up again, I found a lot of conflicting information, and I don't think it was ever from the factory 29 splines, always 27. So uh just want to make sure that was cleared up. I also sent you guys an email about it. You can disregard that at this point. All right. Uh, thanks again. Bye. So I love those situations whenever uh, a rod or something exits the block or the oil pan because you can you can get down as an experienced jeeper, look at it carefully, and go, "Well, there's your problem." <laughs> See what you got here is <laughs> you got too much air in your system. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. God, I hate hearing that. That's a horrible day. But um, so you think if he would have just slowly kept going through that water, everything would have been fine. Yeah, from the the depth yeah, they were talking well, about. Well, and certainly not shutting it off, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it, it speed and, and and water not not a good combination when you're talking about a vehicle, and and let alone something with as much sensitive electronics as a Grand Cherokee up to the doors. I know. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, but that that must have been one uh, one, the, one heck the, of a sight to see. Yeah. Can the Grand Cherokee take as much water as the Wrangler? At because I can go up to about. Well, it's all about like height. Half. Yeah, it's ultimately we're talking about you know what you know what kind of lift or you yeah, know, how, kind of how far right. from the ground that door sill is. Well, the the right. bot, you can think of it as the bottom of the jeep. That way, it gives you a couple of inches of uh, of uh, uh, you know uh, conservative uh, estimate as far as how deep. So the really, water is. on the Cherokee, no matter how high you're lifted, just the bottom of the door. Well, I'd say that 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 would pretty much apply to any vehicle. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, but I mean, at that point, you got to think about what is under the water line. Your transmission is completely submerged at that point. Your transfer case is completely submerged at that point. Your 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 oil pan and half of the block is underwater. Oh, and and it sounds sad. like you know, in this guy's case at least, he he had a fair amount of the engine underwater. Um, you know, but it was still running at one point. He got a little too deep, he thought, and and decided to to shut it off and. And that ultimately, I think, might have been his uh, his end, but um, or at least the the end of the motor. But um, nonetheless, I mean, deep water crossings—you really got to be prepared for that sort of stuff. It's just you're putting yourself in harm's way. Well, you need to go slow anyway because a lot of vehicles will stall out uh, whenever you get water up into the ignition system. I don't know if how true that is with the, the more modern day electronics, but anything that has a distributor uh, or distributor-like thing, you run the risk of. Uh, of stalling the engine so basically right. the same thing and then him cutting it off midway well now, i swear somebody told me once that on the wranglers you can go up like part way into the door like like maybe another five inches up well you need to, look, have to look into that you need to look and see where your air intake is and as long as it's below the air intake uh you should be fine yeah the, I mean, the, the intake water is, is up above the wheels so, you yeah. know, it, it, you, once you, you completely, once the water, you know, eclipses the top of your tire, I guarantee you it's going to be above the bottom of the door. Right. But at that point, you're still, I mean, in standstill water we're talking about here. Right. The water level is not going to be above the, you know, above the intake. It, it might be pretty close, but, but you're not going to be sucking water at that point. Um, so, you know, yeah, you could theoretically go, you know, a couple few inches above the bottom of the door. Um, do you want to do that? Yeah, that's no, not, no. absolutely not. No, no, no. Yeah, that's kind of the, the bad thing. I don't even like going past my hub, my um, 
the top of the yeah, you wheel. Said, you said it right, the hubs, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. at that point, you start introducing water into the axle tube and and potentially, you know, Ooh, theoretically, you might even get pudding. some water in the... Yeah, you might get <laughs> some water. I don't even like going to the, to the <laughs> sliders. Homemade chocolate pudding. Oh, yeah. All right, let's get over to... I think this is a new caller. Let's hear from Matthew. Hello, Tammy, Tony, and Josh. My name is Matthew, and I'm a new listener to the show. And while I don't have my own Jeep yet... I hope to get one in the near future, which leads me to my question. My good friend has an 05 Wrangler, um, and his is a standard transmission or stick or manual, whatever you want to call it. And I wanted to get all of your opinions on manual versus automatic. Now, when you think of a Wrangler, you think of manual transmission. Um, I intend to go off-roading every chance I get, um, and I'm well aware that manual transmissions are not as fun in heavy traffic area, but I want to focus more on uh, off-roading capabilities. Is the manual transmission better, or has the technology gotten to the point where an automatic is better? Um, hope to hear from you guys, and have a good one. I personally like the manual transmission, and, and whenever I was first looking at a Jeep, I, I agreed with you. I thought, you know, it's a, it's a Wrangler. It should have a standard transmission in it. It should have a, a, a manual shift. Uh, now, I've learned some stuff since then, and I'll just say that uh, it, it, makes, it makes the Jeep more complex to drive off-road. You have to handle more things. So I won't say Delicately. that it, Yeah. I won't say yeah. that it's worse. It's just more complex. And I think it, it depends on what kind ahead, of off-roading you're doing, too. I mean, if you're rock crawling versus yeah, just that's, going that's in the mud. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're just in snow, sand. mud, sand, where there's not really a whole lot of technicality involved in it all, you know, go with what's comfortable, go with what's, you know, going to feel right, whatever, and, a sti- you know, go with that stick. Um, however, if you're going to get into some really technical trails, you're going to get into rock crawling and stuff, um, you know, an automatic certainly makes things a lot easier. You, you can really focus more on, on, you know, tire placement and, and lines than on what your clutch is doing and, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, what's that right. smell? Um, so. <laughs> what the hell is that smell? Yeah, exactly. Now, now that being said, the newer Jeeps, and I, I want to say, let's go 2015 and newer. A lot of them, you know, are automatic and the, especially like into the, into the Cherokees, the Grand Cherokees, the Renegades and stuff. Um, they, they have a crawl feature and, and stuff in like the Trailhawks and stuff into where an automatic transmission, it can set you into, into, a, I mean, above 10 to one ratios, I believe is what these things have. Um, and you really get into some really deep crawling with that now. And that's with an automatic transmission and, and a relatively new Jeep. Now, if, I don't know what your budget is. I don't know what kind of, what kind of Jeep you're leaning towards. If you're leaning towards a Wrangler of the, you know, mid two thousands as well. Um, I would lean more towards an automatic. Um, that's just myself personally. I, I believe that they are a lot easier to drive. I'm mean, plain and simply. Um, now that being said, I've owned a lot of sticks in my life. My current daily driver is a stick. I like driving a yeah, stick. Sticks are but, fun. But you know, in a Jeep, I like an automatic personally. It's just just my opinion. Well, I will say this past weekend, um, I had a mom's martini night at my house, and one of our <laughs> friends came over, and they had just bought the new 75th anniversary Wrangler. Oh, very nice. And yeah, I'm like, oh my God, that's so awesome. So she let me, and I, granted, I just drove it around the neighborhood for a little bit, and it was, um, it was a manual. And I was like shocked at how, and I haven't driven um, the stick for like over 20 years. And I was oh, shocked wow. at how easy it was to yeah. handle. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the clutches and transmissions and stuff of, you know, recent years are so far better designed than they were 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, totally. that it's just going to be a lot more pleasant to drive a newer stick than an older stick, you know, by that kind of sort of comparison. Yeah. I really enjoy the stick and, uh, uh, I always have. My first vehicle was a uh, three-speed. I uh, wound up putting a four-speed Muncie, Muncie transmission in there and a uh, 327, uh, yada, yada, yada. So I've been playing around with automobiles for a long time. But, uh, yeah, for, for off-road use, uh, especially rocks, uh, you're probably going to be better off with a automatic transmission. Agree. All right, let's get to our uh, second call from Nate. Hey, guys, it's Nate again. Um I've just been going over and over again in my head about the sway bar talk on your, your previous uh, 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 episode of the Jeep talk show. You know, Tammy was talking about what to do after the lift and sway bar disconnects and lots of discussion ensued about front and rear sway, rear sway bars and the curry anti-rock and all that. Um, I just want to let you guys know, first of all, I mean, I've got a lot of opinions on sway bars. I've called in once before and, and chatted about them. Um, um, in the spring, um, like that is the season, not like Jeep Springs. Um <laughs> I'm planning on taking the LJ up to a buddy's house who has an RTI ramp from a club that he used to be in, and I'm going to be doing some, getting some empirical evidence, uh, you know, on on how uh, how the TJ suspension or TJ or LJ suspension behaves, a uh, with the Curry anti rock in the front and the stock sway bar in the rear, like I have it set up for my daily and and trail use. I'm going to try disconnecting the the anti rock and leaving the rear sway bar connected, and maybe even try disconnecting the rear sway bar. And just, you know, see how we do on the ramp, how flex is, uh, see if I can get any any ideas on how well, uh, you know, traction is is either aided or uh, impeded with the sway bars connected or disconnected. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Uh, once I get all that data, maybe I'll, I'll record another segment and uh, you guys can look forward to that. All right. Uh, thanks. And again, thanks for all the, the, the great conversation on, on this uh, this week's episode. Thanks. Bye. Man, I would love to, to hear that information about the RTA ramp, especially with the rear uh, sway bar disconnected. Mm-hmm. We'll have to um, maybe I can meet him up there and I can videotape the whole thing. You could catch it uh, him flopping over. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, no, no, they'll they'll stop you before that happens. <laughs> or will they? Uh, so, uh, anyway, that's uh, great information and we look forward to uh, hearing more about that in the future, Nate. Good job, Nate. And, uh, Hey, Nate, you email this. I'm pretty sure it's this Nate. He, he says, <laughs> I just wanted to mention, I forgot if I've already shared this with you or not, but with Nick, he's referring to one of our callers calling in with his broken rampage soft top parts. I had a similar experience with my best top Trek top. I heated up my garage and installed it there in March last year. It's not enough. Use the sun. It just doesn't loosen up the fabric enough otherwise. Anyway, whether it was because of the install temperature or not, I had the side zipper on the rear window pull apart. Best Top happily replaced the window with the wrong window for the right top. (laughs) They replaced the side window. When I mentioned to them that they sent me the wrong window, they just sent me the proper one without any issue at all and let me keep the wrong one, which still works with my top. Later, I found a pulled stitch in the center section of the top and sent them a picture of it. And they sent me a new center section, again, without issue. So I've essentially gotten three of the four main components of my top sitting in boxes until the original pieces are unusable. Great story from Nate there uh, about his issue or his experience rather with Best Top and his Trek Top. Uh, we've heard over the last couple few weeks from our caller Nick, I believe, uh, talking about his Rampage Top and some of the woes he's had, but uh, really commenting on the great customer service that he's gotten from Rampage. And, well, one of our listeners stepped in to uh, ante up as well. So thank you both. 
So we'd like for you guys to take a moment and go over there and take our survey. So just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash survey, fill in the information, and, uh, well, we can use that to help uh, promote our show to advertisers. And now might be some of your favorite <laughs> times mine, but somebody's. on the Jeep Talk Show. <laughs> and that's something we look forward to each and every week. And that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, first off, I'd like to apologize for the quality of the phone call last week. And I would like to thank Tammy for uh, translating it for me. <laughs> I find it odd out of the three of you that only Tammy speaks fluent Nikki G. Uh, <laughs> and I talked last week about the rocks moving across the desert by themselves and the tire tracks left in the dry lake bed. Uh, that was me. I apologize. It's part of my job while I'm here on Earth to move those <laughs> rocks every so often. And uh, I usually cover my tracks pretty good, but I had to make a hasty getaway. Had to hurry up and get to McDonald's before the McRib sold out. Because it's only for a limited time only this year. All right, boys and girls, I will chat at you later. And you have a good one. Bye. McRib. You know, I just... They're nasty. I was so confused when they first came out. I was like, I see bones in there, but there's no bones. You can just bite right into it. (laughs) Oh, yuck. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, just lead this i don't know texture something taste it's just so wrong you know i had a, a big mac the other day for the first time in a long time big macs are sorry really, really good they they are very tasty <laughs> I, I i try and stay away from the fast food as much as possible i understand but you know every once in a while oh you know what uh one of the things i really like during super bowl time is uh getting the 50 piece mcnugget which is if you don't if you've never <laughs> had oh, for punishment if you if you've never had a McNugget it's basically particle board you know how they make the particle yeah. board uh, yeah, the, I think it's forty percent sawdust the, yeah the nuggets are actually just you know pieced together <laughs> so no they're all white meat now well they're all they all came from white meat they're all white meat and some binding agents if you <laughs> if you bleach it enough so <laughs> all right Josh do we get any wheeling where tonight. Uh, we do kind of in a way. I mean, I don't have specific dates. Um, the, the show dates are starting to roll in, guys. I've actually been starting to get a couple emails here and there, and we're going to be picking up with the spring schedule here starting next week. In the meantime, if you guys know of an event or if your local Jeep or off-road club is hosting a fundraiser or a charity run, by all means, let us know, and we're going to get the word out. You guys heard at the top of the show, we hit over 30,000 downloads last month, well, almost 30,000 downloads last month. That's huge. That gives you an indication of what kind of exposure we can give your guys' event. So um, if you're doing something good and you want to get the word out, by all means, send us an email, info at jeeptalkshow.com, and we'll get into the next week's show. Yeah, we always love providing information to fellow Jeepers out there, especially whenever there are uh, uh, things that help people or uh, uh, people that uh, are in need, but uh, soldiers, uh, kids, everything. So you know, please keep us in mind and feel free to uh, tell other folks about uh, we need information for the wheeling wear. You know, I uh, I see that we have some some interesting information in Campfire Side Chat that we were skipping over, and I thought maybe we'll uh, circle back to that real quick and uh, uh, hear from uh, Josh and Tammy on uh, what what you guys were going to talk about on Campfire Side Chat. 
Yeah, uh, some interesting developments over the weekend. I, I wish it was in regards to my own Jeep or uh, or an off-road trip, but uh, in, in a way, it's also exciting news. I got my stepson his first Jeep this weekend. Got him Yay. a, a 2000, yeah, got him a 2001 Cherokee. Um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Better and, not uh, be red. <laughs> he 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 was a little amiss about the color, and I was like, "Listen, son, you you can't be going and buying a vehicle just because of its color, you know." No. So let's. And he's like, and it, and it looks like it's completely stock, and I'm like, "Yes, That's we're not getting kind. a lifted Jeep, you know." <laughs> so you know, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, taught him a lot about the vehicle buying experience, and uh, and I can't wait to to teach him more about about his Jeep. Now he's. He's kind of reluctantly helped me out along the along the way over the years with my own build. Um, been more along the lines of hand me a wrench here, this is that, and this is that, that sort of thing, and teaching him about tools and basic, you know, automotive stuff and and whatnot. And and he showed some degree of interest. But now that it's his own Jeep, and he really, I mean, it, it almost brought a tear to my eye when he told me he's like, I want a Jeep like yours, Dad. And I was just <laughs> like, Oh God, this is make me so proud, you know. So it's uh, it's one of these things where I think he's going to develop his own interest in it, and and I do believe that he wants to start modifying it and stuff. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Tell him to start awesome. saving up for a radiator. Because <laughs> uh, I bet you that uh, that's the first thing that's going to have to be replaced. So, Tammy, what you got going on? Uh, well, first, real quick, when we were talking about wheel and wear, um, I'm going to be at an event um, in June, the June 2nd through the 4th um, at Roush Creek. It's crawling for cops. So if anyone wants to come on up, join me and all the other wheelers. Um, but I've been... Pr- getting ready for our big Super Bowl party. So I haven't really been doing much Jeep stuff. We're going to have a Super Bowl party at my house. We're going to have over 50 people. And that's pretty much all I've been working on. Hey, I'm just going to tell you, McDonald's is uh, having a 50-piece uh, yeah, McNugget geez, bucket for, <laughs> for 10 yeah. bucks. That, that'd be a nugget per person. <laughs> Actually, we're having a... Um, a nugget at the door. <laughs> we had a chili cook-off one year at our Super Bowl party. Oh, and this year, we're having a bacon appetizer contest oh my so, goodness yeah I'll, I'll take lots of pictures and yeah. yes post please the bacon. do you know i'm telling you jalapeno scoop out the inside uh cream cheese pepper yep. salt wrap and garlic and then wrap it in bacon oh my god i'd never made yep. it before those things were amazing mm. yeah every time we have our little tailgate parties here at the house um, one of the neighbors brings those and i think i eat all of them oh just, just I, I gotta, you know, even though I've been sick, I still want one right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you're watching us on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio-only format. Great to listen to while commuting or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, tuned in Google Play or iHeartRadio, and never miss an episode. Hey, speaking of subscribing, you can now subscribe with your money. Yes, you can contribute directly to the show via PayPal or go to the, just, I'm sorry, just go to the Jeep Talk Show and look for the orange button that says subscribe. You can select $12 a year or more. That's about 25 cents per episode and damn it, we think it's well worth it. Hey, attention all iTunes listeners. If you haven't subscribed, did you know it can take up to four days longer to get your favorite shows? Don't get left behind. Hit that subscribe button now and make sure you don't miss a single thing from the Jeep Talk Show. Hey, guys. We want to remind you guys about our YouTube channel, too. It's how we bring this show to you live every week. And so we could really use your help over there on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, guys. And uh, hey, who knows? We might just get a cookie out of the whole thing. Ooh, cookie. 
<laughs> and uh, hey, uh, that's it for this week, guys. Wherever you are wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. Hey, folks, and don't forget, I have a blog, and you can follow me on my journey of off-roading and modifying my Jeep at www.jeepmama.com. Don't forget, she's on Google+. Plus. She needs 8 million and one people yeah. watching her over there. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, if you guys want to hear some silly voices and some other stuff that I can do and that I'm doing, well, head over to thevoiceofjosh.com, and, well, I can guarantee you'll be entertained. Oh, yeah. If you uh, hear all the stuff Josh does here, you can just well imagine whenever he's uh, uh, not shackled to anybody watching him uh, on the show. (laughs) All right, guys. We really appreciate it. And I just want to say, uh, so amazed at the amount of downloads that we're getting. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Uh, And, and you know, it's from you guys sharing the information about the show. Uh, Yeah, keep telling the friends. Big, big thanks for, for sharing uh, the good news about the Jeep Talk Show with everybody else. Entertainment, information. Uh, what do you call it, Josh? Uh, if you want to talk smack, that's okay, too. Info, infotainment? <laughs> infotainment, that's the one. All right. You guys have a great Jeep week.